swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads with bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to ever clue easter eggs and gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control issues Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is a dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, five stars all the way around. Also, head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure and hop on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle. AMC, how are you living? Uh, been good, been good. Took two weeks off. Things got Ooh. busy last week, so I had to take things got busy and yeah, things got busy. But also there was <laughs> there was like absolutely no news last week. So it kind of yeah. worked out that, from that perspective. Yeah. Unless you unless you enjoy talking about the latest round of acquisition news with Activision and <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we we don't. Yeah, exactly. So there was basically no news last week. Um, and so yeah, in in general, it's like kind of been the year. Like a, a part of me was like, is there just no news in general, or is it? And then it's just yeah, like a lot of it. You just look up, especially I go based off of kind of like what I'm listening to and what other shows are discussing to see kind of like what's in the zeitgeist for gaming. And it's almost always when there's nothing to talk about gaming wise, as far as like gaming experiences. Then they're just talking about the acquisition and, and and what Sony or Microsoft said this week. It's it's just it's just around and round and round and round. <laughs> yeah. But on a personal note, yeah, I've been good. Um, same old, same old. Don't really have much to say here. Just trying to stay, get my workouts in, get my get my green circles closed every now and then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hanging out with the family, preparing for Easter, figuring out Easter plans, all that stuff. And Jeez, Easter's coming up already, huh? Yeah, yeah. Got a what, Good Friday is two weeks from now. I only know that because we have it off. So yes. To that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so yeah, just preparing for that and enjoying. Got a date night planned for tonight. Oh, yeah, going to so have got, Theo watching the house. Uh, yeah, he's going to be holding it down by himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh now nah, uh nana's his, his nana is going to be coming over and while they sleep and then we'll go out either go to eat or maybe watch a movie we we're thinking about going to comedy magic it's a club over here but shit was sold out so that's not happening now at least you know it's good yeah um so yeah uh other than that yeah i've been good doing doing the damn thing finish miss marvel love that show there we go gonna start a new show enjoying the what we do in the shadows still that's holding it down still enjoying demon slayer oh. and uh wrestling but we got about i think a, two weeks maybe a week now uh away from wrestlemania so shit's about to pop off in the wwe there's a lot of great matches set up maybe the bloodline will end 
uh roman reigns might finally lose his might end the title run of roman reigns cody rose uh, might take it over who knows uh, who knows um yeah so everything's been good in my world a dub How, how's it been with you let me let this cat out uh a lot of the same old same i think i've gotten through all the good anime or just most of the good anime because now i'm making little selections here and there just trying to pick a show to watch it I'll get about a couple episodes in. I'm like, this makes absolutely no sense. What am I doing? Loving the combat, loving the visuals, but what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of animes I just I just put to the side after a few episodes. Uh, there's an excellent three-part limited series about the, the standoff in Waco, Texas that's on Netflix. I recommend everybody watch that. I always knew that it happened. I knew that it was a... But because if rappers keep referencing it years and years down the line, then it must be something significant. So I checked it out, and it was far more significant than I ever could imagine. <laughs> so now I had now I'm I'm all caught up on the events of what went down in Waco, Texas, with the Davidian Branch Church with David Koresh. So that was a very interesting thing to watch. Um, yeah, uh, man, I, what's I, his name? Uh... Max Kellerman had one of the when Max Kellerman was a rapper, one of his great lines was, I pity him like a branch Davidian. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. That is the most obscure rap pool I've ever good We keep it going. What's up? <laughs> yeah. So watch that. Haven't really been watching movies. You know, I got my new got my talk news shows back. Got real time with Bill Maher, got the circus. Got the Daily Show, got John Oliver. The problem with John Stewart's been going on, and actually, I may be two episodes behind on that, so that's awesome. What's what is what's this show about? John so, Stewart has a is like a like a Daily Show style show, or what is it? Uh, kind of. It's like if you mix John Oliver with the Daily Show. Okay. So that kind of format where he picks a particular thing to focus on every week, but instead of just going off on it by himself like john oliver would do he does a daily show style where he'll he'll interview somebody closely tied to the situation he'll have people come into the studio and talk to them about the situation to get different perspectives and then he does like his one man stuff but yeah that i think it's it's the best of both worlds i just wish it was a daily thing rather than a weekly thing however i understand there's a lot of research and writing that goes into making that as tight as possible i mean just every episode i've seen when Whenever he interviews like the people who are instrumental in shenanigans, he always finds some way to corner them in their bullshit. And it's just like, look, it, it's either this or you're you're just talking a bunch of bullshit. And they're like, well, well, well. He's like, no, it's you're either doing this or it's some bullshit. <laughs> and then they just find some way to avoid the question or he's got people to just openly admit they're all some nonsense or just get some in these things where it's like, okay, this works this way. So why shouldn't this also work this way? Like, well, it's people's freedom and you do this. Like, I believe he was talking to somebody who was trying to make gun laws more lax in their state. And he was like, well, you know, it's a right, but like, people vote as well. It's like, yeah, you know, that's also people's rights. It's like, yeah, but you have to do things to do that. Like, you can't just go and vote. You have to what? It's guys like, well, uh, it's like you have to register. <laughs> like that kind of shit. But yeah, I'm, I'm getting too deep into it. Uh, 
doing that, getting back into buying snacks and shit for the house instead of DoorDashing all the time, even though I'm still DoorDashing all the time. So this is trying to work on personal habits, itching to pick a pencil back up and draw some stuff. I just, I know I keep talking about it every week. I need to get back into my routines, but that's, that's what it's about, man. Like you got to have routines, you got to have rituals, not in the spiritual sense, but just in the sense that you're paying into yourself and you're reinforcing your discipline. So yeah, other than that, just been getting my game time in. I need to relax on that so I can get back into my disciplined rituals, but that's the life. I mean, when you're playing some epic possible game of the year contenders, it, it can happen that way, Dub. So what you been what you been <laughs> deep diving in on? Well, first, I, I gotta say it, man. Gotta put it in the air. I, I'm a little more focused on what I haven't been playing. And primarily that has been Overwatch. And I feel I feel bad. There were a couple nights a couple weeks ago when E Single hit me up to play and I didn't respond because I was just neck deep in the last spell. And I let him know. I was like, yeah, my bad, man. I'm, I'm going to get back on. And I realized it's, you know, it's less about playing the game. And it's more about spending time with my brother, spending time with my friend, even if we're miles apart. So I, I'm going to try to get better about that, get back on some Overwatch too, see if, I, see if we can get the crew back together. And the, I'm always here. I'm always yes. here. <laughs> But primarily, just more the last spell. I mean, it's been weeks. I'm still unable to finish the boss encounter on the second level. I have some ideas. I have some perspective upgrades that may help with the situation. I'm continuing to learn newer and better things about the game, just movement, positioning, maximizing what I can do on a given turn. the new thing that I'm doing now is I'm using the punch that every that every character has. Like normally I try to get the fatality perk so I can move in and just instantly kill enemies with low health and not use any action points. But at the same token, I'm learning that even without that, if enemies are low enough, I can just punch them instead of using a skill. So I'll punch them, kill them, and then I save my big damage dealing skills for you know, healthier enemies that require a, a bit more damage to take down. Um, I'm putting traps out. I got damage traps, slow traps, stun traps. I'm getting better with my placement of my ballistas, building up my wall. I'm getting tighter on getting my economy maximized earlier on and giving me the best long-term benefit. I'm starting to build little shops like armors and and like trinket makers and things so that they're producing items for my team on a daily basis instead of me having to go to the shop and buy everything, re-roll the shop, hoping I get stuff, trying to get a full roster of heroes earlier on in in the particular level so that they're doing more work and allowing me to control the conflict, prevent enemies from getting too close to the walls, preserving the things that I've built and then just being backed up by the ballistas. So I don't know. There's some combination of things that I can do that's going to snatch victory for me. I know I got to beat both parts of the dragon in order to get it to respawn in its next phase where it has less armor, less health, and it's just easier to take down. So yeah, just trying to solve that Rubik's cube. There's so many different variables and, 
things going on, like leveling up, which perks I'm picking, which omens I'm picking that determine like the general flow of encounters in a level. It's it's so much. And that's why it's such a great game. And it's one of my favorite games of all time. I don't know what year it came out, but just for me personally, it's the best game that I played this year. And it's a pretty hard mark to reach, but we got some heavy hitters coming down the pipe, which has me incredibly excited. But AMC, what have you been playing? Oh, yes. Um, been playing pretty much the same boat as you. Wish I've been playing three games, but I've been playing two games. Um, yeah, as you said, uh, Overwatch hasn't, I've, I've been off of it for about like two weeks now. And that's because I've been knee deep in that Midnight Suns. But actually, I'll first lead off with Kirby and Forgotten Lands, Marissa and I have been putting in more work in that game. We got to the final boss, the final boss was revealed. We whooped that ass. And as they're laying out the stats of the boss fight, you see his bitch ass getting back up. He snatches an ally, flees the scene, goes to another world. And next thing you know, now we have to go to another world, battle our way through a couple more levels. Then we'll get get another crack at him, um, which is good because we were, weren't ready to beat the game at that point. We were really enjoying it. It's been ramping up really well to this uh, final boss fight. And so, um, yeah, once we got there, we're like, oh, man, the game's about to end. It's a, it's a little sad because we're just really enjoying it right now. So uh, showing that that was a, a false finish, if you will, if you were to take a wrestling term, um, kind of happy to see that because now we, we get to continue to see it play out a little bit more, learn a little bit more about the uh, Forgotten Land and the, and the characters within it. So really enjoying that. We got to beat the boss. So they have um, bonus objectives with every level that including the boss fights and one of the ones that they have for all the boss fights is beat them without taking in any damage <laughs> so mm. this one was a little bit tougher we i think we tried it about like five times and we we had one of those things like let's sleep on it and we'll come back and try it again later so we still have to go back handle that business before we head off to the new land but the main game i've been focused on focusing on single player wise that being marvel's midnight suns absolutely awesome absolutely amazing um i believe last time we talked I unlocked Spider-Man, got to play a little bit more with him, really enjoying him, took him on a mission actually last night, him and Iron Man with your boy, um, did the damn thing there. We um, I had to build up their friendship, and something that I mentioned with you in the game is I'm actually really enjoying the Abbey aspects of the game, which is, so the way the game works, the cycle is, you have a day-night cycle, and within there, you have, um, you choose a mission. So you'll start off the day, You'll go, you'll talk to all the homies, handle all that business, whatever objectives pop up. They have this super link, which is kind of like a superhero social media, like, um, like, uh, I guess connection. And on there, people will put the, the heroes will post things. And so it's, it's a little, it's a way to give like <laughs> a little personality to each of the characters, let their personality shine within the, uh, the message board while also, um, you know, getting their reactions to certain events, certain missions that just happen or things that are going on around the world um and uh and i guess there's there's also you'll you'll get options to talk to certain heroes do little i guess um side quests like always very short but side quests within the abbey with a hero like one of them is one of the characters the midnight suns is planning a surprise party <laughs> for um another character which is magic uh iliana rasputin which is colossus's uh is his uh, little sister and so we're planning a surprise party for her she is not about surprise parties so like i was telling i did i had to go ask blade to you know it's so funny i'm asking blade to set up um 
decorations and obviously blade ain't having that shit and <laughs> blade blade lets me know he's like oh and by the way like you might want to you might want to let her know because uh, she is not about surprise parties or anything fun um even though like this other character is all about like trying to do that stuff so yeah it's it's there's things like that within the abbey that's the morning and then after you finish all your morning things then you get to select a mission that you want to do. You could do a story mission or you could do one of the uh, the side missions, which uh, gives you like, you know, currency and things along those lines. Um, after you do that, then you get the nighttime portion, which is um, they'll have certain like, um, you know, character, I guess, relationship building, um, you know, side quest missions, which is like go and talk to them, figure out what's going on, maybe answer a question for them or do something with them. Or even like uh, I had a, ghostwriter asked me to bring him on a mission um and by doing that i would have built i built up my friendship more with him like it was like I don't know, like double bonus like friendship and then also on top of that um he received some bonuses and it was great like on the mission um because i brought him in he came in with uh four hero points ready to go god damn <laughs> yeah and the way the hero points work is you can use the hero points on the hero cards which are like your special attacks or you can use the hero points to um to utilize the different like um i guess debris weapons whatever that are laid around the um the battlefield it's like there'll be like there's like a crate there'll be um an explosive barrel things like that and you can um, use a hero point to set that off to knock over a lamppost to hit an enemy things along those lines and so i had four right off the gate and as you do uh, attacks you you also get hero points there and so i think i was able to get off like I was able to use four environmental damage uh, items and uh, I, I I got a trophy from that, (laughs) from being able to chain all those attacks within one uh, turn and just took out so many people. It was absolutely awesome. Uh, (laughs) With that, what I like about the relationship building, like not only is there, you know, just letting the character's personality shine um, a reward within itself, but as you level up your relationships with characters, uh, you get an overall, I guess, team chemistry, um, like bonus or, or there's levels that, that it's building as you're building up like your friendship. And with that, like, uh, I hit the level one with, uh, like three characters. And the bonus I got from that is now a, a random, um, hero combo card will pop up within the deck during a match. And that's basically, um, like, so I had like blade and ghost rider, I got the hero bonus card. I need four hero points to use it. Use that. And it's basically a super attack, which is the normal attacks are around, say, like 30 to 20. The hero combo attack is like 150. So it's doing massive damage, especially if you're in a boss fight. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where this where this goes, because that was only level one and I'm already getting the hero combos. So I'm curious to see, like, as I build it up more and more, what other bonuses will carry on with me that I can utilize within the game. So, yeah, there's just um, it's just systems on systems on systems, and they all work in a way to benefit the mission, which is really what you want most. And where I left off last night, I... Um, Sabretooth popped up, which you know, when Sabretooth shows up, another 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 hero might pop up with him. And that ended up being your boy Wolverine. So I unlocked Wolverine now. He is part of the squad. Got him in the action. Played a little bit with him late last night just to see like what his movesets were like. And he's very much like a Wolverine. Like some of his attack cards are getting off like four. Basically, I'm chaining four attacks with one. Um and then he also he has like um 
you know, like self-healing in the game. So it's very much building, uh, playing off of his, um, his mutant abilities. And um, yeah, I haven't gotten to see his, uh, most of his super attacks, but based off of his regular attacks and his skills, like he has a berserk skill um, that adds lifesteal onto his next couple of attacks. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's just, he's absolutely awesome. He's a, he's a tour de force, if you will. So yeah, I'm really loving it. I'm loving each of the characters they have in the game. Uh, haven't even gotten Scarlet Witch at this point. Um, I know they just added Morbius. Um, there's Venom out there. I believe Deadpool might be around, um, from the DLC. So yeah, they have a lot going on. They're still supporting it despite, you know, the news of it being, you know, a commercial, I guess, I'm not sure if they said failure in the term, but, you know, disappointment is how they put it. Uh, but they're still supporting it. And yeah, as I'm playing it more and more, kind of similar to what you're saying, like if I played this game last year, it would have been my game of the year because it is absolutely awesome. And right now it's just, I'm enjoying the shit out of it. So um, good on you for access. You did great. Maybe people will take note later, buy it at a discount, unfortunately, but buy it anyways. And maybe that money will come in enough to possibly fund a sequel with uh you know a different angle maybe not do midnight suns do something different but still have that marvel flair behind it but hey dove let's get into these topics of the week uh, topics of the week what you got let's see all right um yeah i'll start in uh unfortunately on a somber note but um yeah as as we discussed in our in our in our misadventures chat a dub um, you know, the passing of Lance Reddick, the sad passing of him. Um, mm-hmm. We also got news that Bungie honored Lance Reddick in a blog post. Um, so let's see here. Um, this is from Eurogamer. Reddick, who portrays Commander Zavala in Destiny, tragically passed away at the age of 60. Since then, many Destiny players have chosen to pay their respects to Reddick by gathering alongside Zavala at the tower. Um, and in a blog post from Bungie, they noted on Friday, we all learned of the tragic news of Lance Reddick's passing at the age of 60. As the voice commander of Z- as the voice commander Zavala, the stalwart commander of the Vanguard, Lance brought to life a character who has become virtually synonymous with Destiny itself. For now, we will honor his presence through his performances yet to come in the game and in the memories that will last us a lifetime. We are deeply saddened by his passing, but so thankful for the time we spent together and our thoughts are with his friends and loved ones. It's A-Dub, I know, um, you know, we, we, we love Lance Reddick, but speak on, you know, just your thoughts uh, on, on them, you know, announcing at least that they have some some more content coming with Lance Reddick. So people, you know, similar to what we saw with, uh, damn, the name Kevin is Kevin Conroy. Yeah, Kevin Conroy. We were seeing that. Yeah, Bungie, they, they had some, you know, pre-recorded um, content with him. And so we can at least look forward to his legacy living on within his characters. Uh, speak on some of that, Ada. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's, you know, that's part of a great thing about entertainment is that there's usually a lot more material than has been released. So just because it's just because we lose someone who was a, a great friend to the gaming community, as well as an exceptional talent, you know, spanning The Wire, John Wick, Destiny 2, other other films that you know, I can't pull off the top of my head right now. Other properties that I can't pull off the top of my head, but that voice is iconic. I mean, he was silenced in the Horizon franchise. So my man was putting in work, 
both in the film and television area as well as the game area. So it's awesome that we're going to get more performances from him, especially in the game space. And it's also good on these players' part to come and honor him in a way unique to how we do things. So, yeah, it's you know, it sucks to lose him, but he left us with a lot of great work. He was an excellent example of a human being as well as a talent. So he will be missed dearly. I like you got for the next story, Ado. Next story on that topic of the, of the week. week. Top, topic, topic of, of the week. week. Yes. Got some Elden Ring news. Mm. Actually, it, it, it's a two-pronged assault. So we, we heard from the good people over from software that Elden Ring has got that ray tracing. Mm. Yes. Yes. Personally, I don't know exactly what that means for the Elden Ring <laughs> experience because, you know, it, it was already a good looking game. Excellent art direction. I imagine ray tracing is just going to add depth and light and life to how the visuals pop. I haven't tested it out myself, so I'm not entirely sure if it's just the thing that you turn on or turn off or if it's a thing where I have to get off of the performance mode in order to enjoy it because I I cannot play any game outside of performance mode with, with my TV. So that's just the one drawback in upgrading. However, for those who can enjoy it, this is excellent. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like, how it affects the lands between and the maidenless tarnish. Uh, AMC, is this enough to get you back in the Elden Ring to go for the finish? I mean, um, yeah, I'm very much uh, in the same vein as you. Uh, I, I don't really, I know people are all about that ray tracing, yada, yada, yada but I, I, I still don't, like somebody would have to explain to me what ray tracing is, and then I'd actually have to look for it, for it to be like, oh, this is making it considerably better. I did see um, in a blog post that they did say that if you do toggle ray tracing, you might see some, you know, some other aspects of the game negatively impacted. Uh, so I guess they can't balance their shit. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm usually more in the lane, in the lane of, um, I want frame rates over, um, I guess, visual fidelity. Um, and so I, I, it's not something that necessarily I would want on a personal level, but I know it's a thing that's very important to gamers. It's like people want frames and then they want ray tracing. It's like, that's, that's it. That's the, those yeah. are the buzzwords that people care about. So yeah, hearing that has gotten it. Um, I'm, I mean, it's great for those people to hear from. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they're still supporting it uh, from that perspective. I saw that there was like other supports there. Uh, maybe you'll speak on that too. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm just waiting to hear about what this this incoming DLC has to offer. To be honest, but happy to see that that ray tracing's there. I probably won't check it out unless like it's one of those things like you're like AMC. You gotta look at it. it changes the game completely. <laughs> Go back and fight Godfrey. <laughs> I mean, it it, it kind of does in a way. Like it just adds a, a level of depth and believability to the on screen image. Like just this is the most layman's probably incorrect description of what ray tracing does. But basically, in a in a game, you know, you have all your light sources and things, and of course, they're lighting things, creating shadows, doing all this and that. With ray tracing, it's actually it's like calculating the lighting and creating reflections and like the light is actually bouncing off of things realistically 
in real time. So when you're walking around, you'll see reflections or you'll see like things will shine or like have a glint to them. It, like you have to see it. it. It makes a difference. It doesn't change a game, but it makes a game look more believable and visually polished. So okay. it, Ray Trace is pretty awesome. Whenever I can have it enabled, I do it. But most often I just stick with performance mode. Uh, important caveat with this update, it is only for the Xbox Series consoles and PlayStation 5. It is not for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. This should go without saying, but we're saying it anyway. So people can stop all that bullshit. It's current gen, baby. We're, we're stepping forward. We're, They're forgetting their old forward. hardware. Yeah. Yeah. Leaving us behind. What about the people? What about the people on Barnes? <laughs> so yeah, Elden Ring got the ray tracing, and we got an interesting Elden Ring stat that accompanied mm. the news. Apparently, Elden Ring has claimed over nine billion deaths since release. Billion, <laughs> billion. <laughs> so you figure they sold what twenty million copies? So that means everybody's died. At least 450 times <laughs> on average. <laughs> I don't think that I've died anywhere near that that number of times. So there's somebody out there doing my work on my behalf. <laughs> Dead a thousand times. I wonder how many. I wonder how many deaths were at the hands of millennia. That would be an interesting question. See, enemies and NPCs are the leading cause of player deaths at 69. <laughs> percent Wait, wow. Which one? Enemies and NPCs. Oh, uh, NPCs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, well, they have the... So, they have simulated invasions. Like, there are scripted invasions that happen. They're not actually player characters. They're NPCs. Yeah. Some of them are pretty tough. So, <laughs> there was one I died to a handful of times before I finally whooped her ass. And it was quite the battle enemies i can understand i imagine room bears and lobsters are up there maybe maybe knights cavalry and the the briar the briar patch knights or whatever the fuck they are the briarwood knights or whatever but yeah elden ring doing what it does people dying more people <laughs> more people died in elden ring than live on the planet so that's <laughs> that's very interesting AFC, how do you feel about this info and these stats? Uh, there uh, must be so much frustration they do. Uh, yeah, so many broken controllers. Yeah. So many <laughs> snap discs. So many rage quits. Um, yeah, I think that's hilarious. It's great, though, because it just shows the um, the persistence of and, and, yeah, the grit of Elden Ring players because there's so many people who are, you know, with other from software games, there is much to do about the difficulty and the grind and the not respecting of players' time, accessibility, yada yada. Mm -hmm. Um, but you no, know, we didn't we didn't really, I mean, I'm sure there was, but it wasn't at that level when it came to Elden Ring. Maybe it's because the multiplayer, maybe it was just the open world setting, who knows? Maybe just some of the changes that they made that um I'm not gonna say it made it more accessible, but people were, were willing to look the other way when as as far as when it when compared to other from software games. And yeah, you're just not hearing as much of the idea of punishing, but the idea that, you know, a people have died a billion times in the game and we're not hearing that just shows that yeah. one, people are past that, but also two, people are dying and loving it, which is, yes. I think is if, 
if there's anything that from software wanted to take people to take away from the game is that like death isn't a reason to quit the game it's not a a barrier to continue playing it's just it's it's a path to get over and once you get past that then you are more equipped now to take on anything else beyond that um yeah, I hear it with like Wulong, I believe it was. It's like so many people complaining about the first boss. And, you know, that's how these games are. It's like they set you up so that when you, by the time you take down the first boss, you're equipped to move on through a lot of, through not the rest of the game, but a lot that has to come right after that. Exactly. And so you have to have that. You have to have those deaths. You have to, you have to learn. You have to go back. You have to figure things out. You have to go around and then get stronger, come back, try it out, plug and play, uh, you know, mix and match. And, once you get that right build with that right set of moves and you're able to read and um, react the way that, you know, the game kind of intends for you to play the game. Once you get that down, you can move on and really enjoy the experience. And so, yeah, a billion deaths worth it. Uh, 10 out of 10 games have been selling insanely well, as we discussed, being heavily supported. Um, I believe one of the updates were in the Coliseum. So people in there probably dying as well, handling that shit. So yeah, it's um it's great to hear that um nope that they can happily say that a billion people have died and you know it doesn't break the internet in their in their yeah. in their hubris. <laughs> yes. So we got some additional stats mm, that yes. accompany this big one. We got we got a little breakdown. So it's coming by way of IGN. According to the infographic that from software provided. Damage from NPCs and enemies, including boss fights, leading cause of death, 69%. Uh, players attempted to fight millennia, 329 million times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, players tried to fight market, 281 million times. The Limgrave Tree Sentinel, 277 million. Radagon of the Golden Order, 148 million. Ever died. 139 million. So this isn't how many how many times people died to them or or beat them. It's just how many times people engaged those encounters. But the second leading cause of death is the status effects. It's at 15%. Uh, this includes poison, scarlet rot, blood loss, frostbite, sleep, madness. I'm sure that one got a lot of people. And death blight. I'm sure that also got a lot of people. Uh, the third leading cause of death is players falling to their death, 14%. <laughs> and the last cause of death is players getting killed by other players, although the chances of that happening are a minuscule 2%. So when playing Elden Ring and you're worried about people invading you, which they can only do if you're rolling around with people in your party that you summoned, you're probably going to be okay. You got to worry more about the world itself and the challenges that exist in them, especially that of not walking too far over a fucking ledge. <laughs> it was just a little spatial awareness. Be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of your footwork. Be aware of your animations and your dodge rolls. You'll be fine. But yeah, the infographic comes in three weeks after Elden Ring announced it's making its first expansion, Shadow of the Earth Tree. We still don't have a date. Or any additional information, however, is something to watch. AMC, what's been killing you the most in Elden Ring? I mean, I would the most. I mean, some of these boss fights were like I remember I went after was it Margit too too early and 
I was like, all right, there's, there's got to be a way to, <laughs> to beat her. <laughs> and I remember, like, I, I spent, like, I don't know, it was probably, like, one session, which was, like, was like maybe, like, two two hours or so of just, like, just pounding my head against, like, that fight and just, all right, all right, all right, now, now maybe if I do it this way, I can't, maybe if I, maybe, if I, maybe if I change it up, maybe if I play more aggressive, maybe, I, maybe if I dodge roll. Um, and it just wasn't happening, and then I remember just, like, accepting accepting my defeat and knowing that like i just need to come back handle that business later so that was that was one i mean as you mentioned rune bear i see a rune bear and i, I remember i tried to go through that rune bear forest and i was like oh, interesting and then just just got manhandled I had to figure out a way to navigate through that um yeah and then trying to think if there's anything else that has repeatedly killed me i mean those two <laughs> those two i think were like the biggest ones because the rune bear is kind of on site with the rune bear yeah. <laughs> like and when it happens it's it's never good it's i remember you even saying like you'd put in like hours into the game i was like all right so you can take down rune bear You're like nah it's like nah. not that easy <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it I, wasn't until the end of the game where they fully upgraded the the best shield in the game fully upgraded <laughs> Where it was finally like, oh, I can block these hits now. <laughs> and just not getting staggered, not having my stamina completely depleted. I'm just like, ah, I could go toe to toe with this one. Like, ah, he's still strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it never gets easy. It never, it gets easier, but it never gets easy. Uh, how about yourself? Um, what, what got you the most, if you were to say? What got me the most? If I had to say, well, I took on Millennia like maybe six times. That was about that. I've definitely fallen to my death a handful of times. Um, damn, what's been killing me out there? Scarlet Rot is an issue. Uh, the Death Blight, that definitely got me a few times. Probably enemies, enemies and NPCs. I mean, it's I'm I'm dying on the battlefield. I'm going to Valhalla every time. <laughs> dying, dying with a weapon in my hand, my enemy's blood on my clothes. <laughs> going down, swinging, never turning tail, never running, never getting shot in the back. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Elden Ring. It's awesome. I'm glad I completed it. The first of the souls type games i've defeated apparently sekiro isn't exactly a souls type game so that doesn't really count but beat that too however i got elden ring under my belt still trying to chip away bloodborne every once in a blue moon one of these days maybe i'll go back to dark souls maybe one day i'll go back to demon souls but yeah excellent games looking forward to armor core six can't come soon enough Let's get into the next topic of the week. Top, 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 top of, of the, the week. week. Um, so you know, we have incoming the 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 burning shore horizon forbidden west burning shores uh DLC. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that's coming April 19th. So we, we're getting news. Um, there's a pre-order that's available at the moment with the pre-order bonus that is uh-huh. the the black tide dye outfit Ooh. uh and the black tide sharp shot bow. Mm. um so if if you want that 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 business but along with that um there's also an a PlayStation blog post um 
with uh, one of the developers at Horizon Forbidden West discussing Burning Shores. And as 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 you had laid out in one of the previous episodes, this is a PlayStation 5 exclusive um, DLC. So we're not getting that cross-genness. And so, um, yeah, I just pulled it up. One of the questions about, you know, the focus on the PS5 and the response to that. So the question being, how have you taken advantage of the PS5's power to create Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores? And the response from the developer. One of our key priorities with Horizon games is to add a ton of detail and richness to our environments. On Horizon Forbidden West, everything we added or increased was something we need to have to plan around how to optimize for PS4 as well. On Burning Shores, since we can just focus on PS5, we've been able to charge forward and we're really excited about what we've been able to pull off in creating this stunning post-apocalyptic version of Los Angeles. The cityscape ruins of LA and its surroundings are highly detailed and require a lot of processing power, as well as fast streaming technology to run properly. Especially when the player is flying over the lands and can see a lot at once. One of the settlements is situated in around those detailed ruins, and we are able to squeeze a lot of activity in there. Another notable one is a particular battle scene that requires a lot, and that's with capitals for the for the lot, of memory and processing power. They also put an exclamation point there. To achieve this grand vision, both technically and creatively, we definitely were thank- thankful for the many advantages that the PS5 hardware brings. So A Dub in this discussion, you know, they are, you know, they have that focus on the PlayStation Five. You know, there was a lot, a lot to do about, you know, the cross gen of Horizon Forbidden West and possibly holding it back. So this this DLC being, you know, the true PS Five experience. Um, uh, is this is this enough to get you back in? What are your thoughts on, you know, just a PS Five focused Horizon Forbidden West experience? Well, I mean, I haven't played the Frozen Wilds on the original game, so I don't know if I'm going to get an expansion to Horizon. I am interested to see what a glimpse of what a true first-party current and only PS5 game is going to look like, and I feel like Horizon Burning Shores would be the best example of that, you know, leading up to eventually getting a Spider-Man later this year and whatever other exclusives may follow in the time beyond that. Uh, I, I just don't know, man. I'm playing a lot of stuff. I feel like I got I got more than enough out of Forbidden West, especially playing all ultra hard from jump. So, you know, I put over, what, 100 hours, maybe 140 hours into that yeah. game. Damn. Yeah, so... I don't know. Yeah, I was, I was doing everything, trying to get everything. I probably still need to go back and get some Get some of those those pieces for the mini game. Go beat the rest of the players in the world. Yeah, I, personally, I think I may have gotten enough Horizon until Part Three. I may come back to Burning Shore sometime later, but I'm in no particular rush to get it. AMC, is this going to get you to jump into Forbidden West? Um, yeah, very much in the uh, same boat as you. Just, just so much, so much of my backlog that um, no, this probably won't get me to jump in i am happy to see because it is um when we will get to see the difference and you know as i mentioned uh there's a lot 
that was you know discussed when it was like oh this is cross-gen um and so you know there's this idea that the game was somehow held back by the ps4 and so now i i would be curious to see you know a current gen focused expansion to see what the difference is so you know if the if there is a huge difference maybe there's something to what like what people were concerned about or you know upset about but if not there's just more detail it's awesome we get to see the power of the ps5 but then you know it kind of settles that whole gripe from those people um and you know some of that i think is uh they were going to find something to complain about regardless with horizon they always yeah (laughs) so i'm thinking they're they're giving dlc bonuses for dlc (laughs) yeah um but i mean they were complaining about aloy's face i don't know if um a current gen only version of horizon would have saved aloy's face from you know the community's perspective Mm -hmm. so i don't think it really would have mattered um to begin with but yeah i i do i am curious to see you know as i said more activity more detail and you know it it being in la to see how that is captured within the game see the capitol records building yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) and then as i said like you're you're gonna be flying around with aloy so um to see how that detail shows up instead of you know i'm assuming pops up if you were to have it on old hardware because that, that is the thing with a lot of games you're flying over the land and, yeah and like in and buildings are like popping in as you're flying over maybe that's all already huh. laid out there in the landscape from a distance and so you're you're really getting that full-on detailed aerial view that you would that you would hope to see from a game um and so yeah uh a lot of that i think comes into play and yeah i'm curious to see now um really because you know we, we want to see what the ps5 what it can do in all its glory and so then this being one of the flagship titles you know we just got the what is it the call call the mountain so horizon is like you know one of the big titles and moving forward with the um with uh with sony especially with not with the state of god of war where it's at and you know that not trilogy but that um that two-parter being done mm-hmm. um yeah this is one of the focus franchises in in sony and so yeah um just seeing what the capability of that is to kind of give an indication of what we can expect for the next horizon game um will be will be great to see and so yeah I'll, I'll definitely be checking out maybe some gameplay footage once they get all that out there but not enough for me on a personal level to pull me in yes hey does yes. what you got next topic of the week time, Ta- topic, topic of, of the, the week, week. Uh, we got a little motion over at Naughty Dog. Just mm. a little bit. Just a little bit. Neil Druckmann says that they've decided on what their next game is going to be, but doesn't confirm if it's The Last of Us Part 3. Mm. They won't mm. reveal it. We know they've been working on a new IP. Maybe it's time to pull it out the oven. <laughs> that's That's what I'm personally hoping for. I've been waiting for a developer like Naughty Dog to take on something, you know, more sci-fi, more fantastical. They've been doing the realistic thing with Uncharted and The Last of Us. They've done that to great effect. But I think it's time for a a significant change of pace. Neil Druckmann says on the kind of funny spoiler cast, I know the fans really want The Last of Us Part 3. I hear about it all the time. All I can say is that we're already into our next project. and The decision has already been made. I can't say what it is. But that is the process we went through. There was a lot of consideration of different things. And we picked the thing we were the most excited for. So that 
doesn't really say to me that it's going to be The Last of Us Part 3. He goes on to say, at the end of every project, we purposefully explore several different projects. Some of them might be a sequel and then a bunch of new ideas. And then we feel like, where do our passions lie? (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm hoping that we finally get a new IP and then people can get off of the whole, oh, they only know how to do Uncharted and The Last of Us because they're cre- they're creatives. They know how to create. They can make whatever the fuck they want and they can make it good. So we'll see what's going on. AMC, do you have any predictions, expectations? How does this news hit you? Well, the big thing is we got factions on the way. So that is the focus. I'm, as far as I'm concerned with Naughty Dog when it comes to The Last of Us, so I'm pretty sure that that's their priority as, at the moment. So if they're considering something else uh, moving forward, as you said, it might be far away off. The only thing we haven't seen from The Last of Us um, that we did see in The Last of Us 1 is we haven't gotten any type of DLC. And, you know, with um, even with Uncharted, we had, what was it, the... The, the thing with Nadine and the legacy. Yeah, Lost Legacy. Yeah, Lost girl, legacy. Chloe. Yeah, yeah, Chloe. So we got that. Um was it on, in The Last of Us, we got, you know, that that Ellie focused uh DLC where we yeah. learn about her, her friendships and, and, yeah. and her pro- proclivities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that character building that people are upset about. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they retconning the character? Yeah. Politics. Um and so yeah, um it's woke. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the that was the kickoff to what eventually would be Last of Us Two. And so yeah, um so we haven't seen that. So I mean, I guess that would be something I would post to you as somebody who didn't play Last of Us Two, you did play it. Is there any um side characters? Obviously, you know, people seemingly would get they would just be up in arms if they did a uh was it is it Abby? Yeah. <laughs> if they did an Abby focused DLC, but is there something that they could do with the other characters or um, or maybe even just more stuff with Ellie that like you would want to see if they were to do like, you know, kind of like a, a shorter expansion of Last of Us Part Two? I wanna see what's going on with Dina. I want to see some of her backstory, how she came to find her way to the settlement. They could even do the backstory of the settlement that Ellie and Joel have made their home. I believe it's called Jackson. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I want to see some backstory there, how those people came together and what those circumstances are. Maybe, maybe some Tommy DLC, get, get a, get a perspective from Joel's brother. See what's going on in his world, how things are going down. Because Joel was away. He was doing the whole Ellie thing for as long as that took until they found their way to that settlement. So I'd like to see how that how they claimed that area and built that place up. I mean, you could even take those kind of aspects where it's like you go on a mission and then this allows you to build up this part and you're like, oh, we're going to need walls. And, you know, there's a lot they could do. They could take a lost legacy angle there and make it a more open type thing where you're going and doing things in the immediate area to benefit the settlement. And then, you know, toward the end, maybe you go on a big raid, wipe out the immediate threat of the clickers in their nest or whatever the fuck they make. So, you know, they have options. I want that sci-fi game. I want that Savage Starlight. You got to make it for me. So here's hoping. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I 
I agree with you. I, I I definitely would want new IP moving forward. If they were going to do The Last of Us, um, I know people would be also up in arms if they were to be like, you know, instead of Last of Us 3, we we have this Last of Us Part 2 remake. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And so, yeah, I think if, if they were going to do that, um, give us an expansion, a little more story content, you know, hold off for the last, hold off um, on The Last of Us 3 for a little bit. I mean, the only incentive really I could see is that, you know, with the show, they're eventually going to catch up. And from what I saw with uh, announcements, um, as far as season two goes, they're not going to cover the complete story of, you know, The Last of Us Part 2 within the mm-hmm. season two of The Last of Us. So they can kind of drag that out for what well, it looks like for two seasons. But they're going to need some new content um, or, you know, or they're going to get to a point where they surpass the games. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they would like to get something out there um, that's new that they could also then carry over into, you know, the uh, the media side of the game um, or, you know, with the with the TV show. And so we'll see how they carry that out. Maybe um, factions will have some, you know, story bits that they could also lay into the show as well for a possible season three. Um but yeah, Neil Neil has his hands full as of right now. But yeah, as for as far as I'm concerned, yeah, give me that IP, that new IP. If it's uh, sci-fi, that's awesome. I definitely want to see more of that. Um, or just do what you do. Give me some great storytelling um, from any other perspective, any other world. You build great worlds and you have great characters. So so give me some of that in any other landscape, and I'll absolutely love that. AMC. You got our next topic of the week. Top topic, topic of, of the week. week. Yeah, I don't really have any. I just have a bunch of quick hits at this point. Um, we could discuss the Jedi Survivor story trailer, or we could. I was thinking we could discuss that that Diablo. Um, you know, fourteen things that we saw. Um, we got the beta out right now. If you want, yeah. if you want to speak on that. Yeah. Uh, man, I wish I could, but I'm I'm resisting the urge to jump in. <laughs> Speaking of Diablo beta, I got it. Got a couple of hits there. Uh, Diablo 4 beta players are experiencing long wait times and server issues. Uh, it's Overwatch it, all over again. Uh. But it's a beta. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, it's a stress test beta. That's what the beta is for. Yeah, uh, people at the first weekend, which was last weekend, I think that was the closed beta for people who who pre-ordered the game, got their KFC codes, mm-hmm. and yeah, got in there. Uh, initially, wait times were, in a word, exorbitant. They were <laughs> hours, dozens of minutes, but by the final day of the beta, they got it down to seconds. People are in the game. They're having a blast, hearing nothing but positivity about the game and everything that it offers. Uh, like you said, we saw some videos on IGN. You know, eight. there's an article about eight changes to the core structure of Diablo that are going to make it different from Diablo's past. There's also a video where they talk about another 14 things that you should know about the demo. But we got people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about all that shit. Yeah, <laughs> we got people who don't know how things work. Mm. We got people out here trolling. Mm. We got troll of the week. 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 We first troll. Great, but I didn't pay a $90 pre-order to help you figure out your server capacity, which you should have learned years ago. 
<laughs> so this is a, a recurring sentiment in the gaming community that people don't want to take part in the process of helping them make the best game they can make and make it as good on day one as they possibly can. You should have all that figured out. Well, here's the problem with that is this is a game that they're making for PS5 and PS4. And it's also a different game. The things that they've learned in Diablo 3 and Overwatch 1 and 2, sure, that'll help with what they're trying to accomplish with Diablo 4. But it's a different game, which means it's going to have different demands, different issues. It's going to have different resources that are necessary to make the experience as good as possible for the most possible people. So instead of spending billions of dollars to beta test that across an entire community of people, how about two full months and some change before the official release of the game, we let people not only get a taste of it to see what direction it's going in, but to also figure some of this shit out so that we can give them the best experience out the gate and they won't complain like they did with Diablo 3 when it had launch issues because that's what games usually have these days, launch issues. I'm never going to get upset at a developer for doing something to mitigate official release problems like jesus get some perspective next troll says people still try to play this game um this game's gonna sell in excess of tens of millions of copies so what the fuck is your problem next troll fine with wait times on a beta but if it's like this day one that's not acceptable at all well that's why they're doing it now Fuck face. <laughs> <laughs> that was rude. I'm sorry. I'm returning hate with hate. Next show says, typical Blizzard launch. They never learn. Yeah. This isn't a launch. <laughs> it's a beta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, this is the launch of game. The launch is two months away. They're doing this so that they can learn. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Next troll. Looks like Activision skimped on the servers again. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Or how about they're trying to figure out how best to use the servers and if they need more. (laughs) Next troll. It's Diablo 3 all over again. You'd think 11 years later, Blizzard would figure it out. You'd think that 11 years later, things aren't exactly the same as they were 11 years ago. (laughs) Different game. Different systems, different requirements, different demand, different solutions are necessary. They're figuring it out. Next troll says, fuck Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I got nothing to that. I'll be playing Diablo. You won't. Or maybe you will. Maybe you'll be hate playing it. Like, uh, I don't believe a lot to the hype. Uh, I should have known better. I called it. Next troll, this Diablo 4 has turned into a Diablo chore. (laughs) Uh, Kind of funny play on words. Next troll, Diablo feels like a series left in the past. It was great 20 years ago, but games are more than kill, loot, sell, repeat for infinity now. Um, Most of the best games that I enjoy are kill, loot, sell, repeat. So Diablo may be left in the past, 
but the past is where I am. <laughs> Last Troll says, let's hope it's better when it launches. Probably not, though. So many people, so many people actively want Diablo to fail. They want Blizzard to fail. Mm -hmm. I just don't get it. I will never root for a game to not be good. Even games or genres or imprints that I don't like. I don't dislike any imprints. That's just silly. But like even all that, it, better games are the goal here because better games benefit us. Bad games don't. So rooting for a game to be bad, rooting for trying to influence people to dislike a game or to not pay attention to a game because oh it's always online. What if you're <laughs> what if you're milking a cow? <laughs> if you have a console, you more than likely have internet and if you somehow got a console without internet, one, congratulations, because that's fucking amazing. Uh, two, you knew what you were getting yourself into. This is what gaming is. This is how games are designed. This is how consoles are designed. Everything's moving toward digital. Everything's moving toward some kind of online connectivity to increase the functionality and the kind of support that a game can have over its lifetime. We all know the storied post-launch support that Blizzard offers their games. So if this is going to help them gather additional player data and make tweaks and get the server load right, basically just have a better game on day one. I don't see any reason to oppose that or speak negatively about it. Y'all need to quit your belly bitching and get ready for the greatness when we go back to hell on June 6, 2023. AMC, any words? Yeah, I mean, I, the obvious state the obvious it's only a beta so slow your roll completely um yeah i mean overwatch 2 even then like there were its issues but they they figured it out and you know what happens people forget about it they move on with their lives they're playing the game they're enjoying it it's like it never happened <laughs> uh Three seasons those, later <laughs> yeah except for those people who are like never never forget the launch never forget um yeah and so it's good that they're getting it out of the way now. Um, there's just as we as we saw in the uh, all the additions that they added to this game, all the changes um, and, and stuff. I'm all for. I'm here for. Um, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm also just seeing how much detail there is in this game, and, and that's only a portion of the game. Mm -hmm. And you know, a just, large portion. Apparently, it takes like eight to ten hours to get to the level cap, and it's a sizable chunk of the map for people to explore and engage with yeah and as they say with that bit like it's already a ton of content and that's not even the entire game so this game is going to be large it's going to have a lot going on on top of that with the multiplayer not focus but multiplayer options and then the public events and things along those lines they got to have all that straight because you know you can't have a public event going on and then players just suddenly like disappearing or the monster like just framing framing yeah. out yeah. <laughs> like, like you want to get all that straight as like you know as a bunch of people are all on one server or handling this business getting all these bonuses um and so yeah i think it's great uh that they're you know that's that's why they're taking advantage of this beta they're trying to get as many people on there at one time to overload it they they like in, in essence they don't want to break the game but they want to push its limits to see where they then have to you know 
allocate resources to you know get things working smoothly for launch and so it's a good thing and everything i've seen i mean people are enjoying it as you said they already got they already got it fixed within a few days and the gameplay experiences have been great the things i've been seeing because i haven't been watching those quarterly updates um the things i've been seeing that like you know that that we watched in the 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 eight things and the 14 things and blah, 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 um, have all been great additions to the game. And I just can't wait. There's so many classes there's so much going on. There's just resources on resources on resources, ways to mix and match shit, um, enjoying the skill tree, that aspect of it. And, and the idea that like, you know, you can kind of rework your skill tree early on in the game as like you're learning the 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 game and the characters and then you know kind of mixing and matching and like oh you know what actually i want to go this route as opposed to that route uh, as you're early on in, in a character build so there's a lot going on with this game that i'm really enjoying and that i want to make sure that all those systems are working well together um and so yeah it's it's a good time to you know stress test this you can't i know as as the QA testers try to do their best, but you just can't simulate millions of people suddenly jumping on your game and doing mm-hmm. everything that they want to do. I mean, as you mentioned, like you plan on going your own completely different route as opposed to, you know, the um the planned out route as, the as you will. Pass. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, people are gonna be doing their own things and they gotta make sure that those things work in their own way. And so yeah, I think it's um I'm I'm here for it. I'm glad that they're already getting those quick fixes out. And you know, the people who were already down on Diablo, they were going to be down on it no matter what. It was just like Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Like the people who were going to hate on Overwatch 2 at launch, they were going to hate on it no matter what. And it was hilarious. Like there's all this news about Overwatch 2 when it launched and it had its issues um when it initially launched. They got all that fixed and then I hear no Overwatch news because mm-hmm. That's how gaming news works. They focus yeah. on the negative. Once the negative is corrected, they focus on none of the game at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Unless there's traffic to be had. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, um, I'm sure they'll they'll have it fixed. They've taken so many notes from the from the community that I can't wait to to see how that's all implemented within the game and how that all works out to you know build that ultimate you know next current gen next gen diablo experience and um yeah i'm i'm here for it i cannot wait to play it it's you know it's it's tough to not play this beta but um especially when you know when they're incentivizing it incentivizing it with uh cosmetics on top of that um but it is what it is i i i just don't want to I don't want to sully my my day one experience. And so that's the only reason why I'm passing on this beta, because I know that once I get in there, I'm going all out um, and I cannot wait. And I want to give I want to give Marvel Midnight Suns its proper due because it is a phenomenal game. Yes. Same people, same people hating on the beta test would be the same people hating on the game if it came out and had issues to see typical blizzard they should have beta tested this <laughs> yeah. they're doing exactly that so, i didn't pay to be a beta tester so, yeah you didn't pay anyway pre-orders are refundable so get the fuck out of here with that bullshit mm-hmm. yeah troll of the week troll of the week troll of the week all right. Um, you have any other stories, or is it time to move into quick hits? Oh, it's quick hit time. So, right. yes, you got. We're gonna be getting a God of War inspired Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Last Ronin game. 
Mm. Yes. So Doug Rosen, the senior VP for games and emerging media at Paramount Global, un unveiled this news and they indicated that the goal is to create a AAA action title that draws heavily from the comic book source material. The Last Ronin is notable for being the first collaboration in many years between Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles creators Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. It's based on an unproduced story from the 80s. Last Ronin is a Dark Knight Returns-esque tale set in a bleak, futuristic version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe. In this world, all but one of the four turtles has been killed by the Foot Clan, leaving the lone survivor to seek revenge against the grandson of Shredder. Shredder, Shredder. Do we know which, which turtle that is? I have no idea. Oh, okay. And I'm not going to look it up and spoil it. But it looks like this particular turtle is carrying all of the weapons. So <laughs> you can't you can't really say which one it is or not. I haven't read the comics. Maybe this will get me into it. Uh, that mystery alone will keep me interested in what this game is going to be. And if it's inspired by God of War, it's the first game I've heard take direct inspiration from those games. Um, looking forward to whatever they come out with. Uh, see, Rosen indicated the game will break from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tradition by only focusing on one character. Uh, the titular Last Ronin carries the weapons of his fallen brothers, which could suggest the game will allow players to switch weapons and fighting styles on the fly. <laughs> mm. uh, little else is known about the game. However, it's said to be a few years from release at this early stage. So even though it's still pretty far off, it's not entirely that far off. Maybe we'll see this in the next two or three years. Who knows? AMC, how does this make you feel? Uh, great. I mean, that last Ninja Turtles game, by all accounts, was the beat-em-up was, by all accounts, a great game. Um, glad that they're doing a different, you know, a different take on Ninja Turtles as far as where they're pulling their source material from. So we're not going to get the usual, you know, four-player Ninja Turtle action. We're just going to get one mm -hmm. badass Ninja Turtle in a mm -hmm. in a, a future setting. I can't wait to see what the the grandson of Shredder <laughs> is, is uh, all about with his businesses. I wonder my if he's man. Like, my man, Slicer. Yeah, Slicer. He's like just like a super duper Shredder. Just, the one blade. <laughs> he is a blade in, in himself. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what that what the evolution of the Foot Clan is at that point, and what this what this take will be. Um, what game did you say this was uh, inspired by? You said God of War. God of War. Yeah. So, yeah, who knows what that means? But that sounds yeah. awesome. That kind of presentation <laughs> and action in a futuristic city. As a Ninja Turtle, sign me up all yeah. day long. Especially if you, you got a jump button, got some got some traversal. Got some uh yeah, that, that sounds awesome. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um don't know what that means, but hey, if you're if you're drawing from God of War, you can't be doing wrong. And it's, it's great to see like you know, Ninja Turtles get that. We have the fun experience. This seems like it's gonna be like a little more like, you know. TMNT, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one movie where it's a little darker. Um, that that shit from like the the nineties that we watched. Um, I'm all about the secret of the ooze. Yeah, that's the one with the vanilla ice. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, uh, I think that was probably when Bebop and Rocksteady made their debut. Uh, okay, I'm th I'm thinking of the one with Tokar and Razor. <laughs> Tokar and Razor. Oh, I haven't heard those names in so long. <laughs> 
um but yeah the the first ninja turtles movie was a it was an awesome movie and it was like pretty dark and so like seeing that they're gonna do a more serious take there and they're going back to you know the original uh creator behind it um i already forgot his name but eastwood i think was his last name yeah. and so yeah they're 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 doing all the right things and why not it's ninja turtles renaissance i'm here for it bring it and maybe i'll be right back in that space maybe we'll get the the next great teenage Mutant ninja turtles game since the nes, yes. the NES. that one was the shit yeah uh, you got a quick uh, hit for me? this is a real quick hit from ign gamestop had post their first profitable quarter in two years. <laughs> All right. Bouncing yeah. back. The retailer credited its economic rebound to the cost-cutting measures it implemented through the last year, which included three rounds of layoffs, uh, increased sales of collectibles. people and closing stores. <laughs> yeah, firing people closing stores. And uh, increased sales of collectibles, apparels, figurines, toys, etc. Uh, GameStop CEO Matt Furlong said in an investor's call, the company would continue prioritizing long-term growth in collectible sales, especially the ever-popular Funko Pops. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got there. GameStop making money again. Uh, we had, you know, when when things are at its worst during the uh, the pandemic, uh, when people were buying up GameStop stock and they're trying to figure out what the hell to do with that, <laughs> as we as we heard people like. You know, as people were prophesizing the doom of GameStop at the same time, um, you know, there is a lot of like, what's what's going to happen, especially with the the move to, to digital purchases um, of, of video games, what's going to happen to these brick and mortars. I don't want to sell my digital games. Yeah. And um, yeah, so GameStop, they, they had said that they were going to, you know, start making some changes. One of them initially was the, you know, a lean in on esports, and then the other one was, uh, collectibles and we're now starting to see at least the payoff of you know the focus on the hobby side of uh you know gaming and the surrounding i guess uh um titles around that brands around that and yeah we're now seeing a payoff from that so what do you think about this a dub and their their they're benefiting from selling funkos and you know gaming apparel <laughs> i mean times are changing Companies got to change with them if they hope to survive. You know, it's, you know, it sucks for the people who are caught in the layoffs and the closures, but this is just the way things go. So now those people can take all their job experience and maybe go get better jobs, different jobs. Or maybe they can innovate and create their own businesses and just identify the ways in which the industry is changing and figure out where they fit in. You know, it, it's bittersweet. I'm personally not a fan of GameStop just because of the whole used games thing and the, the rock bottom buyback prices. But, you know, I don't want to see people suffer or, you know, fall on hardship. It's still a distributor of games. It's still a place that people can go in person and talk to other people who play games, see things that perhaps they haven't been exposed to on the internet or by their friends. So, you know, it's, it's just what happens over time. So that's, it's just a thing. It's neither good nor bad. It's just a thing to me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I agree totally. And yeah, we'll see. Um, The, the thing that I would say is that, you know, there has been a little to do 
there goes that word again um with uh collector's editions of video games as of late and people complaining about that you know there's been such a focus on digital now that um you know people are getting these steel books without the games in it and i, I just in general like I've, I've seen some gripes here and there when it comes to the options available for collector's editions of video games and you know that's one of those things that people really loved and you know they're we're in a transition period, especially as we move to, you know, a more digital focus in gaming, like what's going to happen to all the physical content. And so, um, yeah, I could see now there is a vacuum there to sell all that apparel, maybe not in a collector's edition, but separately that people love when it comes to gaming. And so maybe GameStop can step right into that place, sell, you know, God of War shit, maybe master chief shit stuff that you would want in in a collector's edition that you know that they're not just putting out in the same way also keep in mind people been complaining about pre-orders and oh don't don't pre-order anything that's how they get you yeah yeah yeah. already seeing that the diablo discussions <laughs> yeah and so i mean if you're gonna have people that's telling how you, they get you <laughs> yeah if you're gonna if you're going to tell people not to pre-order things, yada, yada, but then lament the loss of collector's editions at the same time, it's going to create a vacuum. And so now um, that creates an opening for, you know, hobby, like companies that focus on, you know, the hobby side of uh, consumerism to step in and provide that that service. And so maybe that's where GameStop can can get in with the gamers and, you know, move on from selling used games, but also, you know, fulfill a role within the within the industry and so if that if that ends up working out from that perspective i have no issues there yes got another quick hit for you what you got ubisoft is embracing ai uh, 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 i'm sure people have lots of opinions about this but personally this is they're doing it in a way that I've talked about on the show, so hey, we we called it. But yeah, Ubisoft introduces AI Ghostwriter tool. Parentheses. It isn't replacing the video game writer. So specifically, what Ubisoft is doing is that the Ghostwriter generates first drafts of of lines for NPCs and gives writers room to flesh them out to better fit the game's narrative. So, you know, it's kind of, I imagine it's kind of tedious writing those NPC one-liners and just the throwaway dialogue that you hear all around the world. So bringing in AI to do something like that, or at least help with that process, will take some load off of the writers and allow them to focus more on the quality of the writing and the consistency of it, rather than like, oh man, we need, they have to say something. We got to get like we got to figure this out so i mean personally i'd like to see it on a level where they're also including simulated voices so that the ai can be a part of the game and it's just generating npc remarks according to what's going on what the player is doing rather than having a situation where an npc might have three lines and you just repeat them shit <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, personally, I feel that this is a step in the right direction. Uh, one, of, one of the people over at Ubisoft goes on to say, rather than writing first draft versions themselves, Ghostwriter lets scriptwriters select and polish the samples generated. I think this is a, a great move forward. I think that it can lead to great things. Ultimately, let's not replace people, at least not yet. But it, when it comes to, <laughs> to my my plan for a better world there would be situations where 
AI would take over things that people normally do so people don't have to be in harm's way. And, you know, they can pursue better things. They can be creative. They can study and learn different fields and be a greater benefit to society while the robots and the machines do all the heavy lifting. So, you know, this is just one of the ways where AI is being used in a more ethical and collaborative manner rather than just blatantly stealing from artists or replacing artists in general you know we we need to get away from that ai is a supplement it's not something that you fall back on in a creative realm and be fair to the ranks amc how does this new move from ubisoft sit with you um yeah i i know there's a lot of uh fear when it comes to ai and like oh, it's, uh, skynet and uh, um but yeah, I think for here, here's what I'll say. Who knows? Like, it might be a little more like um, it might lack. Uh, you might be able to see through it and be like, "Oh, this is this is no better than you know." There's always going to be those people, the people who hate procedural generation. They're going to have issues with AI. Oh, I, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so they'll 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 try to act like like they could they could see the the AI dialogue versus the human writing and how the AI yeah. dialogue is horrible. But keep in mind. Right now, we're getting human writing, and as we discuss in the pre-show, as we, as we discuss week upon week upon week, when it comes to criticisms of video games, there are people writing video games right now, and all people are complaining about is in, is the writing in video games. The so, only thing they're complaining about. People complain about the dialogue in Diablo. So <laughs> yeah. that, that just goes to show you that dialogue is just that new go-to complaints, like, yeah, games game's perfect but the dialogue four out of ten <laughs> yeah and so i think that um there's gonna be those people who are gonna you know revisionist history will have the ai dialogue and then they'll act like you know remember when game writing was great before ai and i was like no no no, you guys are complaining about game writing before the ai anyways but um yeah so if they can do that and then also yeah as you said it could be a way to also update stuff in games like so you can add more dialogue as like the game continues or maybe even like scale it back if like you know if people don't want that as much <laughs> um they can figure out ways around that with the ai to make it maybe not pop up as often so it just gives more options as opposed to what's just baked right into the game um so, you know as much as people hate like patches and updates and yada yada um they do improve games especially when it comes to community feedback and so um the ai will help with that and it will continue on um and yeah as you said like i mean ethically like people can figure out how they feel about it but like you know they said they have recordings of lance reddick yada yada, yada. well his voice could live on and and further dialogue if they have it and they can work that alongside with ai and they can continue to use that character that that signature voice in in games moving forward so it's not a situation where you know a character pass a, a, an actor passes away and then that character has to be written out maybe that character can live on in perpetuity with the use of ai and hopefully i mean if they're going to do that pay that family for as long as you use that character's voice with the ai but yeah it just provides more opportunities for continuation with video games and more options to improve video games moving forward um i'm definitely i i i totally get your gripes with uh i've been seeing a lot of that that artist rendering where they're just basically taking what's available on the internet and then repurposing it but like you're just seeing how like they just took somebody else's work um it and, and still has it still has 
scrambled versions of the watermarks and signatures on it. Like that's just skeezy. Yeah. And so that's going to be a thing and we'll work around that. But I think, um, you know, AI is here. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing we can do about it. It's going to be used. It's, it's going to make things easier. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but that like some people will lose jobs because of it, but it also, I think, forces us as a society to evolve from that perspective. And, you know, there's just no reason for people to be doing mundane shit anymore <laughs> when you have like computers to handle it. And so we just, as a society, have to evolve and figure out, you know, maybe people don't need to be doing that, that, that hole punching bullshit that, that we used to do, that conveyor belt bullshit that we used to do. Like if we can get a computer to do it, get a computer to do it. And, you know, we either figure out a way to supplement people so that they don't have to do that, but can also have, you know, a dignified lifestyle and not live on the streets because of it. Um, I think it's just something that like as a society, we just have to grow up and, you know, a- Andrew Yang it as, as if you will. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm here for it. I'm here to see what happens and then we'll 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 figure it out. But I'm sure there's gonna be people who are gonna have issues one way or another. Uh do you have any other quick hits, A dub? No, I think I'm out. How Sweet. about yourself? Uh no. There is a Atomic Hearts got five million players. Um, cause that's what, that's what we do now. We talk about engagement as opposed to sales, yeah. but they yeah. got 5 million. Five Thanks, million. Phil. <laughs> yeah. So we got 5 million players in the first three weeks. So people are playing, uh, people are playing atomic hearts. So that's a, I guess that's good that, yeah. that people, that people didn't just, you know, Oh, it's Russia. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got their hands on I it. I found a reason. Uh... <laughs> So people got their hands on it. That's good for them. And if they're if they're enjoying it, it just gives a, another reason to make another game. So it is what it is. Um, do you have any final words, Adel, before we get out of here? It, the, the storm is brewing. Winter is coming. <laughs> we got what? Damn, what do we have? We got Burning Shores next month. We got Jedi Survivor next month. We got Redfall in May. We got mm-hmm. Diablo 4 in June. And then whatever else lies beyond that, uh, I hope the Lord has mercy on its soul because I'll be playing nothing but Diablo for the remainder of the year until Starfield comes around. Might even might even not get into Spider-Man 2 as a result. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a possibility for me. Like it, I might not be playing for Spider-Man until next year for sure. Man, you haven't played Horizon, Jedi Fallen Order. You haven't played The Last of Us 2. <laughs> yeah, there's so much we do. But even so, you're still knocking hits out, enjoying yourself. I still haven't like started Disco Elysium in earnest. So it's there is there's just too much to play. I fired up Minecraft Dungeons for a second. It's like, okay, I see what's going on here. I don't need to get this right now. <laughs> you know, there's I, I still gotta go back to the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I was tearing a a new asshole into the first Mass Effect and then the last spell took me away. And There's so much to enjoy. There's so much to like. And, you know, most, if not all the games I named are all games that are offline single player experiences that you can enjoy at your leisure from now into eternity, just like you always wanted. So 
you know, let's not get hung up on the handful of games that are doing things we don't like. Let's instead get hung up on the thousands of games that we've played, have yet to be played, have yet to be released, that are exactly what we're looking for. This is Control Issues. I am the AMC.